This is Table Talk, a live from the table bonus podcast coming at you on uh, at the, uh, I guess not on Sirius. Maybe. Probably just on uh, the Laugh Button Podcast Network. Yeah. Did you have to turn around and see where, <laughs> where that was? No, I forgot for the, I forgot for a quick second what podcast network we're on. But anyway, uh, Table Talk, we've decided to call it. We might change that name. We might. We can, might call it Under the Table or. I like under the table. It's funny. But anyway, it's with me, Dan Natterman, and uh, uh, Perry L. Ashenbrand, and uh, discussing um, whatever, but um, I guess with an emphasis on on recent uh, episodes of Live from the Table. We just did an episode with Josh Johnson where we discussed, uh, among other things, the Chris Rock special. So uh, the point here is that we're going to try and um, do some of the things and talk about some of the things that maybe get swept under the rug a little well, bit. I'm, or or just, just go more in, in detail about um, what we have discussed. Like, for example, the Chris Rock special, you know, it, it, and, and I made the point that my jokes tend to be shtick, that in 90% of my jokes, they never happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only didn't they did they never happen, they clearly never happened. It's not like, well, did it really happen? Did like in other words, we we discussed uh, with Josh whether or not Chris was really told as a kid, spoiler alert for special, uh, to not fight in front of white people. Right. But he very well might have been told that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it sounded reasonable to me that he was told that. Whereas my jokes, it's clear that I, these things never happened. Um, be it my cousin Sheila coming over for sex, be it my uh, be it my uh, sex ed teacher, you, you know, using a bana- bringing a banana to teach us how to use a condom because, quote, he can't get hard on an empty stomach. <laughs> the- these are not the kinds of jokes you typically find in 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 a Chris Rock special, but also I think, and Noam brought this up, uh, in, in, in the comics that are really blowing up hard seem to me to be nowadays the comics that are keeping it real. Right. I don't know if you can say that across the board. There might be some exceptions. They're taking on issues in a very real way. Um, and, and as Chris ta- ta- took on wokeness and, um, and hypocrisy and everybody's a victim. And, and there's not a lot of shtick. There's not a lot of stuff he said that you could say, well, he made that up. And you just said that you don't think that if you did that, because I was saying, well, you could do I the could same do it, thing, but it would have to be. I don't think I could. I don't think it would be hard to mix and match. Would it? I think it might be. I think that you don't like to be vulnerable that way. You don't like to talk no, about yourself. Well, it doesn't have to be about myself. It could be about issues. Chris talked about himself, but he also talked about Lululemon and, right, you know, right. and, and um, other people's folly, which I do, you yeah. know. But, um, yeah, I mix it in, you know. But um, I don't know. I mean, do you think that nowadays the the comedy that's really getting attention is this very real, you know, like a Stephen Wright kind of guy or, or a Mitch Hedberg kind of a guy, you know, I, would they be flourishing now? Right, that's an interesting Or question. a Gilbert Godfrey kind of a guy, you know, I mean, if he hadn't already become a big deal. Right. I don't know. I think that um, uh, it's an interesting question. I'm trying to think of somebody like that who's um, really, you know, big right now, and I, I can't really come up with anybody off the top of my head. Um, but I, again, I would argue that um, 
you could very easily do well, that. I just don't know if you like to do that. Well, I'm trying to be unique, and I think I've achieved that. Well, you certainly are unique, um, but imagine how much more unique you would be if you talked about yourself more and your Mishagas. Yeah, I, I, I could. Because that's part of what makes you so unique, right, is your Mishagas. Yeah, I, I could do it. And you're right, I, a, lot of, a lot of it is because I don't like to be vulnerable. Um, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, but um, anyway... Um, well, what what you you had said to what Chris Rock said that um, that he said not to fight in front of white, white people. people right at the end of his set. Yeah. And I mean, I've certainly yeah, it was just before the mic drop, I believe. Spoiler alert: that my mother, you know, used to get and probably still would get upset with me if I would say something bad about like Jewish people, like that I shouldn't be saying that publicly. That. It's the same. It, it struck me as uh, when Chris Rock said that. It struck me as realistic that a that that a, a woman might tell her son, a black woman might tell her son, "Don't fight in front of white people." It struck me as very realistic. And Josh said that this wasn't something familiar to him. Well, I can only speak. So obviously, he can speak to it better than we can. But it di- it did seem realistic. Well, I I can only speak to it from the Jewish perspective, which is that the first, with any time I told my mother a scandalous story, the first thing she would ask me is, "Are they Jewish?" You never got that. Yeah, that's a little bit different than don't fight in front of, uh, you know. Right, but I think the idea is is that you you, you, you don't want to make a spectacle of yourself in front of other people. Right, it's in front of other, in other, in front of other non-Jews. In, or fr- our case. in the in a general sense. Right, right, right. So like I, there was a there were there was, there was a story many years ago about a gynecologist or an OBGYN who had, was carving his initials into his after he was delivering baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, my mother was horrified when. You know, I told her about this, and I was talking about it in some public forum, and, you know, he was Jewish. Well, unfortunately, there's a long list of embarrassing Jews out there. <laughs> uh, we don't need to get into all of them, but uh, th- th- there's certainly no shortage. Um, but in any case, um, any any Periel news? We're supposed to be doing a show. You you would uh, mention to me you wanted to do a show in Scarsdale. Yeah, in we're Scarsdale? Gonna, yeah, we're, you want to so talk about a, this on the air? Well, we could talk about the general idea, can we okay. not? Yeah, we could talk about you, Because you said there's a guy you know who has a room in Scarsdale. Yeah, and I thought it would... Um, I thought it would be really fun. First of all, I think that it, I it, selfishly I thought it would be really fun that I could do like twenty minutes and then you could do like forty five minutes. But it's a small room, um, and I think that the audience there would love you, and they'll probably. Well, like what kind of audience would it be? Well, well, why don't you take a guess? Well, why don't you take a wild guess? Well, the Scarsdale's a Jewish area, but that doesn't mean the whole audience is Jewish. Well, no, but I mean, I don't think you and I have argued about this before a little bit that I mean, I don't so if the audience is 90 percent Jewish, but 10 percent non-Jewish. I, I, I'm not going to do stuff, you know, that's going to leave out the 10 percent. I mean, well, that's typically not what I do. Nobody's asking you to leave. I mean, I, I'm not like taking like tests. I'm not like sending people like questionnaires. I don't know who's coming, but like if I do a synagogue, like I do, I do. Gigs are explicitly Jewish. Like yeah, a synagogue fundraiser, right. a Jewish community center fundraiser. Right, uh, and I will do jokes, right. specifically Jewish-oriented jokes, because that's what it is. But right. if I just happen to be in a room where the audience just so happens to be 
half Jewish or 60% Jewish or whatever, like at a country club where mm-hmm. it's a heavily Jewish but not exclusively Jewish country, I don't do those jokes. You don't do any of them? I No, very few because most of the ones I do are so inside that the people wouldn't get it if they weren't Jewish. It, right. Well, it's inside shit. I'm sure that you can gauge very well. You've been doing this. So for- I'm saying, um, I'm telling you, if you're going to open for me, you might want to consider not, you know, you being a little always, more ecumenical. You you always tell me that, like, I'm so Jewish and that the only people that... I didn't ever say that. that, no. that you, you, you make, like... So you're a little dirty. You say you do say that. Well, now you're saying I, I don't. I don't. I don't complain about the content. I can. I complain about the 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 R rating of some of the material. Right, but you you've said to me like I'm oh, not really complaining. I'm just saying that that's you know that's what it is. Okay, but that fine. But I and I've argued that I don't think I'm that dirty. I'm I'm a little dirty. I'm not like filthy. Right. But you also a- anyway. So but wait a second. So but you've always said, oh well, like if are they Jewish? Like you ask me, as though like um, you're like, well, are, are they going to get you if they're not? Well, that's Jewish? what I'm at. I don't think I'm that Jewish. I'd have to take another look at your act. Okay, I mean you've seen it several times. Well, I'd take another look. Okay, because we're doing something on. Uh, I'll see it. I guess on, on Saturday we're doing Delhi laughs. Saturday we're doing Delhi laughs. Um, at, yeah. Which is at Stand Up New York, which is uh, Zabar's... Um, and Old Jewish Men. I don't know when this is coming out. Are we supposed to be pitching other shows? I mean, Noam generally Noam doesn't, doesn't care. care. Noam is so... Because Noam is so confident in the comedy seller's dominance, and it's a, it's a it's a level of domination that is so, so overwhelming and so <laughs> um, brutal, really, <laughs> that, um, I mean, it's ridiculous, the comedy seller, the way it's... Um, has a, not stranglehold necessarily, but it's it's a big, big, big fucking presence. Stranglehold's a good word for yeah. It's not a stranglehold, but the the the, the comedy seller is a is a behemoth. It's a behemoth. Okay, uh, um, you're also dirty though, which is the thing that you always seem to leave ah, out when but you dirty, but with a dirty, but with a. Yeah, I guess. You are dirty. I can be dirty. You're just as dirty as I no, am. No, I'm I'm well, I, I can be. I'm I'm I can be, but I don't talk about a hairy front butt. That's not dirty. That's it, like kind of cute. That's That's like... not cute. That's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I okay, so the, I have to tell the joke then. The I get go ahead tell it. The, or you can tell it. I I don't know the whole joke. The joke is is that you know I have I have a small son and that one of the things that you have to do when you have a child but is bathe them and you often wind up bathing with them and when you have a boy you sort of wonder like at what point is this no longer appropriate to bathe together and at some point, not that long ago, my son looked up at me in the shower and said, Mommy, why do you have a hairy front butt? And I said, I guess the time is now. <laughs> well, maybe what he was asking is, Mommy, why don't you wax and shave like everybody else? <laughs> like all the porno I'm watching. <laughs> um, I don't think that, I mean, that's like really like pretty tame. All, compared to like your jokes about, you know, your teacher's cock. Well, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a little bit more squeamish when it's uh, a woman. That's where it. that's that right. Could be. That that's could where be. I was leading you there. But it's true. You don't like it when women are dirty. Well, I I don't necessarily mind that. I don't for some for some reason hairy front butt just struck me in a way <laughs> that I don't like. I don't know why. 
But it, but it is you do. I don't, maybe I just don't like that phraseology. Or maybe, maybe I, you know. Um, I mean, do do you prefer a queen? Uh, you know, sort of clean, cl- very, very sort of um, waxed. Well, n- nowadays that's what it what it is. I mean, na- only because I'm used to it at this point. Mm. You know, um, it didn't bother me in the '80s when it was when nobody gave any thought to manicuring their uh, that their area. So in the '80s, in the '80s, I was perfectly fine with it. It was it was you the know, era of the front butt in the '80s, the hairy front butt. It was it was a, there was a lot of hair, and I didn't mind it. Mm. Now I wouldn't. Now when I look at it, I'm like, ah, oh, that's not nice. But because I've been conditioned, right? So I do wonder sometimes what else I've been conditioned to not like. Like, could I get conditioned to not minding women that don't shave under their arms or their their or their, or their legs? I don't know. I uh, you know you like, could. I mean, it's it's brainwashing. I mean, wh- why why is there any reason why women need to, you know, remove all of their pubic hair, but men can walk around like you know wild National Geographic animals? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it, there may be some natural desire for women to be less hairy, to be more feminine because men are hairy. Whoa, 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 whoa! But that that that's a made up dis, you know distinction that no, but men are hairy. But no, it's that that so you the, have so to the be... less hairy a woman is, the the less like a man she is. Right, but that's not a real thing. That it you're... is very. It is a real thing that men are hairier than women. No, women can be plenty hairy. Women don't have chest hair the way men do. Some men even have back hair. Yeah, that's true. But it's not. That and it... men have facial hair. Well, some women have facial hair too. Well, generally they don't. And no, because we remove it. And if they do, it's not you know it's not a, it's not a Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover. Right, but it's not a natural distinction that it's more feminine to have. Well, less but I'm hair. saying if men are hairier, as we agree that they are, perhaps that's how this notion evolved that we like women to be as unhairy as possible. I, I'm 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 guessing. Why did it come about? And I think in many, many cultures, I don't think it's exclusive to the West. Uh, but maybe it is. Yeah. I mean, who came up with it and why? And when? And we can research that. That'll I guess that's be something episode that has to be. two. Well, maybe we have to research that. I don't know uh, how much <laughs> energy we want to devote to that topic. Well, what topics are? What, what topics would you like to devote? I'm just saying that topic is... is, um, is, is um, I don't know how, you know. I'm Nicole, going- what do you think? Well, is that so, an interesting topic? To- yeah, but also maybe something else since this is your first episode. By the way, Nicole's a lot more vocal when Noam's not here. <laughs> I'm less uh, frightened. But okay, good. Since it's your first episode, maybe discussing your origin story or any other big firsts in your life, kind of sticking with the theme of this is episode one. Oh, that's a good idea. My origin? What do you mean my origin? The origin story, story of your friendship, this podcast, your relationship, whatever. Well, the, the origin of the podcast is no, it, it was Noam wanted to do a podcast years ago. Well, Robert Kelly, I think, said encouraged Noam to do a podcast. And then I was a guest. And Noam thought, oh, you're a pretty good guest. Why don't you just do every episode? <laughs> and then he may regret that decision because I was pretty good as a guest. And but now, like, as a co-host, I don't know if I'm as strong. But in any case, and then he brought Periel in years later because he said, I know this woman, Periel, and maybe she'll help us book guests. And I don't yeah. know how you know Noam. Well, I met Noam because I used to write a column for Tablet Magazine called The Chosen Ones, in which I was interviewing um, sort of famous and high-profile New Yorkers. And I was writing a weekly But column. they were the chosen ones, I guess they were Jewish New York. Well, Tablet is a Jewish yeah. cultural magazine. Yeah, 
he seemed disappointed by that notion. No, but I I just wanted to be clear. That's yes. the chosen one. Yes, the chosen ones. Um, and usually I would just interview people and then I would never see them again. But Noam, at the same time, had a big piece coming out in The New Yorker about, ironically, the comics table. Mm-hmm. And I say ironically because that's where we wound up. We used to tape this at the comics table. Maybe you want to say what that is. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. The comics table. Downst- we're, we're recording right now upstairs in a studio is where we, where we record. Uh, we used to record downstairs at the Olive Tree Cafe. What is the Olive Tree Cafe? Most of you know it's the restaurant above the comedy cellar right. where the comedians hang out and people come to eat. Um, I'm tired of the food. I've been eating it for over 20 years, and I think I'm done. I may just get a pizza tonight, but I digress. Uh, there is a table reserved for comedians in the corner of the, co- of the Olive Tree Cafe. That is a comics table, and that is where we used to do the podcast, which is why it is called Live from the Table. And the idea was, well, this you'll get an insider's view of what comedians talk about at the table. But it turned out to be quite different than that. And even in the beginning, before my time, was it different than that? Well, it, it started off kind of that, and then it evolved more toward Noam read an article in Slate and wanted to talk to the guy that wrote the article mm-hmm. and go into punishing detail about <laughs> about <laughs> topics. That, I went to law school, by the way, and I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, and Noam's very well informed, and Noam could probably do it. You know, I think Noam doesn't give himself enough credit for a lot of things. Um, I think he's just as smart as Ben Shapiro. Uh, he's... I'm, not, I'm not even, I mean, yeah, I don't even know how smart Ben, I guess Ben Shapiro's a smart guy, okay, but I don't think Noam's any less so. He's despicable, but anyway. Okay. I, I don't love him. I don't love him. I mean, some of the stuff he says, fine. He he gets, he's like obsessed with trans. Ben Shapiro is, he's obsessed with trans. What, like, what, what one might ask oneself why he's obsessed yeah, I don't. Well, that's an interesting question. Yeah. But he is obsessed with trans. Yeah. Right. Well, I'd be interested to see. And he's obsessed with these are not these are and we talk a lot about that too on on this show trans yeah. issues because well, maybe we're kind of obsessed with it. It is damn interesting, but we're obsessed uh, with it in a different way. Ben is mean. Yeah, he's nasty. It's disgusting. But anyway, we are we are we are we are lovers of the trans community. But we're trying. But we're also we're also trying to understand. Uh, you know, um, we have an open mind about it. But, like, for example, is it possible that some that 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 that, that there's a, a cultural contagion going on, which is leading more women to become trans? We're not going to rule it out on this show, and we will explore it. Maybe it's true, and maybe it isn't. On this show, we're going to do that. No, not on this particular. I'm saying on live from the table. Oh, right. Okay, but you're you're getting off topic here. Okay, so then you met Noam and you started doing the podcast. Well, I met Noam because Noam's father owned the club. I knew Noam at that time. And, uh, and were you always friendly? Uh, friendly, yeah, friendly. And then I, I, I don't know when we precisely became friends, whether it was through the podcast or slightly prior. But we're both, you know, I mean, of a similar age and of a similar demographic, so I guess it made some sense that we'd be friendly or friends. Um so I interviewed Noam, and at the same time, there was this big piece in The New Yorker that came out, and he did not like how that piece was written, and they had misquoted him, and he was very upset, and um, I wound up going to bat for him. Um, and in my column, 
and I wound up meeting with him several more times. You're not allowed uh, to check I'm your sorry. phone. I'm sorry. They said I was paid for Vegas. Okay, but who no, cares maybe... right now? I mean, are you going to get evicted? No, but uh, I get I get obsessed with... Uh, maybe he meant I was paid for um, the podcast. I we, we do get a small stipend. <laughs> do you... <laughs> Do, do you want to work out your finances live on the show right now? He said I was paid for the comedy seller Vegas. Okay. Well, maybe you were. Uh, maybe I was. Okay. We're, I, I, I could swear I was not, but... Um, Nicole, is there any, like, um, haunting music, some uh, <laughs> suspenseful music we can tell as Dan checks his bank account? <laughs> yeah, I can get something. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Don't you think you should have checked that before you said that you weren't paid, though? Um, all right. Yeah, I stand corrected. I was paid. No, boy. <laughs> no, you better issue an emergency apology. Wait, hold on a second. Okay. I, 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 I mean, I'm sure people are just at the fucking edge of their seats right now on, on this show. It's such a great way to introduce the first episode. Yeah, all right. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> It's like literal dead air. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. My bad. Oh, God. Okay. Done. Done? Okay, great. Everyone can sleep easy tonight. Dan was, in fact, paid for his week at, uh, at the Comedy, Comedy Cellar Comedy. in Las Vegas, yeah. Anyway, so I think that Noam um, took a liking to me because I kept my word to him. He was re he was really pissed off about what the New Yorker wrote um, because, you know, it's now that you know Noam so well, you know that one thing that he really does not like is when things are uh, disingenuous, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there you have it, folks. Our first episode, Dan... Um, has been paid for Vegas. I mean, you are really. I'm sorry. I do get. I do get. Yeah, I do. I. I. Uh, I tend to get. Uh, well, if I get a text or something, I. Uh, what happened? See, this I get sidetracked. What? Ha this is interesting. Why don't you talk about this a little bit? What happens when you get a text? I. I feel the need to tend to it. And. And I tended. Yeah. You know, I was because uh, Noam said, "Oh no, we." Because I said in the. I said before the show, I haven't been paid yet for Vegas. And Noam said, "Well, yeah, let me t ask Liz." And, li and so anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how I fucking missed that. How did I fucking miss that? Well, I don't know. Um, how often do you check your bank account? I I checked it recently. Anyway, whatever. Um, so I got that text saying you were paid, and so I needed to verify. And what happened? I mean, what if you're on, like, a date or something and that happens? Well, I'm, I don't date very often. <laughs> but if I suppose if I did, I would I would come off as a weirdo. No, not a weirdo. That's not, I don't think that's accurate. I would just explain, look, I, I'm a bit obsessive compulsive and uh, I got to I got to deal with this. I just say I got something important to deal with. But it's not that we, we important. Li we live in a world, well, we live, it, but she doesn't know that it's not that important. It's important to me. And I just tell her it's important. It's important. I, you know, uh, but we live in a world where we're, you're expected to, maybe not in mid-podcast. No, you're not expected. You're expected okay. a slight expectation that every now and again you'll get an important text. I'm sorry, I have to. I'll be right with you. No. Okay. I'll be anyway, right with you. En enjoy your show? foie gras. I'll be right with you. I just have to deal with this text. I think that's, I, I don't think that's crazy nowadays. Are you taking a girl out for foie gras on the first date? I just threw, I just, I, I just mentioned foie gras. 
Just because I had to say something. Okay. Um, I could have said beet soup. You could have said beet soup. Okay. Anyway, so I met Noam, and um, and then I think he liked me because of that, because I kept my word. And also, I was um, I had just started to like really try to get into comedy, and I told him that I was very transparent about that. I said, you know, I'm really making like a swerve. I'm giving it all up for comedy now, which is as we've discussed, you know, really my my great love in life. And um, I said, if anything ever opens up, because I would love to, you know, work with you somehow. Well, but you have a kid, so, you know. Right. I mean, so your, your commitment to comedy, you can't, like, necessarily do a lot of road comedy. Right, so that's exactly right. So for me, it was like I was not, and I'm still not in a position to, you know, I'm not going to do what everybody generally does, which is you have to go on the road and you have to perform five times a night every single night. That's not a reality for me right now. So I've had to carve out a little bit of a different path, and um, here we are. Mm-hmm. Right? Here we are indeed. Here we are. Um, and what else do you have? I mean, I feel like you really better offer up something after that lapse. Well, maybe it wasn't a lapse. I thought, I thought we agreed that's sort of an interesting insight into my psychology. Yeah, okay. I mean, maybe there was some dead air, you know, but we, we've we covered the half hour. Yeah, we've covered the half hour. So w- why don't we call it an episode? Okay. Uh, this was our first bonus episode. Um, I don't know if we're going to Patreon it. I, I, mean, I don't fucking know. Where to I mean, you think people are going to sit there? They're going to pay money to hear you checking your text message? Well, I don't know. What, what's on pay? Bank, your bank account? <laughs> well, I don't know. Nicole? Uh, but that's not the whole episode, wasn't that? No, it wasn't. Um, well, N- Nicole, did we miss anything important? No, but I think we should invest in like a phone safe or something to lock up Dan's. You mean a yonder, like a yonder bag? They still people still use those, the yonder bags. Uh, Louis C.K. used to use those at his shows, where people put the phone in a bag. Yeah, they do that here. It's not a yonder bag. Yeah, it's not a yonder bag. I'm just saying the yonder is a specific type of bag. We just use it. here at the comedy cellar. We, they put their phone in like an, in an envelope. Yeah. Not a yonder bag. Okay. Well, you can find us on Instagram at Periel Ashenbrand. At Dan Natterman. Yeah. Do we need to say that? No, I'm always makes a point. They could just yes, find you easily that. enough. No, they could. Well, All right. Okay. Uh, podcast at ComedySally.com for comments, questions, suggestions about either the the either either live from the table or table talk, which is th- this. Or under doing. the table. Well, whatever we call this. Okay. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.